we're really, really happy to announce that um, that we are just signed a an ambassadorship program with Schedulicity. Schedulicity is a scheduling app, and um, they've been kind enough to uh, to help us out this next year. Yeah, they uh, we met them in L.A. when we did the uh, Salon Digital Summit, and they really believed in what we were doing mm-hmm. and how we were doing it, and so they wanted to know how they can partner up with us to. Uh, to even reach more listeners and, exactly. and give what we give. That's that's right. So um, with our uh, with our partnership with uh, Schedulicity, we will be able to reach more hairdressers and we'll be able to bring a lot more content and get to a lot more hair shows. So uh, hopefully, we can see you guys out there in the hair shows when we're there visiting. Yeah, and and they're going to give us a, some business tips uh, throughout the podcast as well. And I'm so excited that you know. We're partnering up with people that believe in the same things we believe in. Yeah, no doubt. That, that, that's pretty exciting. So uh, anyway, Schedulicity, once again, big shout out to you. And uh, thank you for joining your day off. <laughs> Silly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. And, well, actually, I'm not sitting with my best bud, Tony, because uh, Tony couldn't make it today. But um, so we're sitting at Barbican in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, everything's it's looking pretty dope here. Um, we do have a super special uh, guest co-host. So today we're um, Maddie Conrad. What's hey, up, Maddie? hey, bud, how you doing? Good, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited to be here. Dude, I'm just so stoked that you were able to do this. Well, you, I mean, when you come to these events, you don't really like you don't have downtime. No, no. So it's nice. You know, we got this nice little room back here where we can mm-hmm. just have a nice chat. And I mean, honestly, I just love connecting with barbers. I love connecting with other people. I, I I've had such a great time on the podcast with you guys. You couldn't keep me away from this thing when you offered me this today. So. Bro, that's that that you know how excited that makes me. You know, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So we are at Barbacon. We are in a back room, so there will be some noise. It's kind of a staging area, so there there'll be staging noises going on. Um, so if you hear door slam or you know people fart or something when they walk by, you know that's what, that's what happens in these back rooms. <laughs> yeah, we're blaming it on the people walking by. <laughs> that's, <what> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. So we're sitting with a barber today who like. Once you meet this dude, you can't take your eyes off of him. Yeah, you know, he's, like, he's a captivating character. Isn't he? There's no doubt about it. So, um, so uh, I actually reached out to him about coming on the podcast, and I think we were both pretty excited about doing it. Um, and uh, so today we're talking to Harry Houdini from Babelis, and uh, he's got the greatest hats. And well, we got two pretty easy, rad hats. Easy, there. easy, watch it, watch it, I'm watch a fan, it. I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Different types of hats. So, uh, Mr. Harry, man, welcome to your day off. Thank you so much. I, I'm really honored uh, to be here, and uh, just you know, I'm excited to to do this podcast. Thanks, man. Yeah, Thanks. Man. We appreciate it. We appreciate you making the time for us here. Yeah, and, uh, do you live here in New York? Uh, I do live in New York. I live in Long Island, New York. I'm over by the water. I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm about 40 minutes from this location right here in Brooklyn. Oh, awesome. Are That's you like a native Long Islander? Because I'm picking up the accent. So, <laughs> no, nope, believe it or not, I've been here for about 10 years. But I'm I'm right over here. I was born I was born in Brooklyn, New York, right here in Williamsburg. So we're really close to my old stomping ground for where I, I grew up and I, you know, I was born. So. Oh, that's right. so you were actually born here? In, in, yeah, I was, in, I was born oh, in Brooklyn. Cool. Yeah. Home, home turf, man. Home turf. Hometown yeah, here. I come out here, I start getting old memories, you know, <laughs> out of the little old days. How does that feel when you're coming to something like Barbara Khan? I mean, now you know you're, you're a recognizable name in the industry, a recognizable artist. And how does that feel coming to your home stomping grounds, your hometown? You, you know, know? It's, it's, a, it's a great feeling, you know, to, uh, it's, it's a great feeling to, to be coming into an event like this. I, I love these types of events. Uh, I eat, live, and breathe this stuff. This is mm-hmm. where I became, you know, uh, recognized, you know, uh, coming to these events and, you know, making friends and, you know, just collaborating with people. It's just, it's really, I, I owe a lot of these type of events uh, to my success, definitely. That's, that's awesome, man. That's I mean, pretty cool. I find a lot of people think that, uh, especially if you're educating, you know, that it's, it's hard to go home. It's hard to educate where you started because a lot of people maintain in this industry that just to be an expert, you sometimes you just need to be from far away. Yeah. You know, so how is it grinding out in your own neighborhood, like building your own notoriety in your, in your own community? You know, I, I think um, there's a level of respect as far as, you know, I mean, when I, when I teach, I teach with passion. I teach with credibility. You know, I, I, I kind of, you know, 
I don't pretend like I'm, you know, I'm better than everyone else. You know, right. I, you know, there's been a lot of struggles I've been with or been through. And, uh, you know, I think it comes it comes across that, that you know, I'm one of you guys, you know, right. I'm not trying to be somebody who I'm not. And, you know, I do understand and I feel that there's a difference as far as when I travel into, you know, other countries. As opposed to when I'm in the United States, there's just more love out there. Mm. But I think it's just there's a difference, you know, in that aspect that, you know, there's a foreigner coming to see us as right. opposed to, you know, a native. You know, so it's, it's sometimes, sometimes I mean, I know that we uh, and, and Tony, if he was here, he, he would agree with me, I, I think, I hope. But um, sometimes the people that are closest to you are the hardest to reach. Right. Like it's, it's easier to kind of like reach the community as opposed to like the individual people that are that are literally close to closest to you that, that you worked with or whatever. At least that's been our experience with it. I, I, on behalf of Tony, I feel like I'm fitting in for Tony today. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, touche. So hey, where did um, how did you get into the industry? How did it find you? So the industry found me, and you know, I, I actually went away to college, um, and while I was at college, there weren't any barbers in the location. So, you know, um, I, I thought of this idea, and I said, you know what, why don't I buy a pair of clippers and start cutting my own hair, and, you know, I can help, you know, uh, cut other people's hair. Did you use, like, the Walmart, like, uh, dog clippers? You know what, I went pretty, I, I would say, I, I went high-end right off the bat, because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, that's the type of person I am. I'm like, you know what, I don't want low quality, I don't want mid-grade, I'm going to go for the most expensive one. And so that's what I did, and, you know, I was getting pretty good results. And then when I started getting paid from it, I'm like, what, I can make money from this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it, it really piqued my interest, and uh, I... I started doing a, a, a lot of, you know, I started doing a lot of hair. I was only getting paid like five dollars for it, but right. you know, I was like, and "This is in college, like this is in like college, dorm yeah. room haircuts, yeah, dorm room haircuts." And I started to notice that people really wanted to keep coming to me, you know, before they went out and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? Uh, wow, this is really, this is really rewarding that I can get paid for something I really, really enjoy. Now I went to school for criminal justice, and um, you know, I started. I, I decided to buy a motorcycle, which I think was like the worst thing. You know, it's like I, I call them the cop magnets because that's that's all I ever got was you know pulled over by cops. And you know, I started getting a, a feel of the criminal justice system. And I was like, man, I really don't think I want to do this. You know, so I decided, you know what? Let me uh, let me give cutting hair you know uh, a try and I, I enrolled into uh, a barber school in the village in Manhattan and uh, you know here we are now <laughs> That's how long ago was that this was about 13 years ago oh wow so you've been yeah. in the industry for a minute then, yeah huh? yeah yeah I've been yep I've been in the mix for, for a little while that's and, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's a really rewarding industry, I, I'll be honest with you, definitely. So tell me, like, early on, uh, when you first started out, how was that transitioning away from, you know, just doing haircuts um, to going uh, through, did you go through barber school after that? I did, yeah. I went through a seven-month program. I know it was a four-month program. Yeah, I went, I went full-time, yep. One of the things I find is uh, it's interesting because uh, there's two channels that seems to get to barbering these days. Is one uh, a person comes by it very honestly, organically, like yourself. You just started out, and you know you, you got the experience in your hands. You know, I mean, all the knowledge lived in your hands. And then you go to school and you get all that knowledge in your head. And some people that start uh, by doing it that way can become very adept very quickly. You know, what I mean, and and those people I find turn into great teachers. Um, other people go through and they start with school, and then they need a long period of experience to get that knowledge out of their head and into their hands. Did mm. you find that that was like a big help to you starting out that way? Like, Would you recommend that to people? Well, you know, uh, there's different types of learners. I've learned that as, as becoming an educator. Uh, I'm the type of learner that I kind of need that hands-on. I need to have the tool in my hand. I need to experience the, you know, the feel of it. Uh, but, you know, I, I, think, I think some of it has to do with my, believe it or not, is, is my background. Uh, I didn't know this, but in 2007, I found out that uh, my grandfather was uh, was a barber, and then uh, my sister was a hairstylist. So it's in my, you know, my grandmother's a portrait artist. Right. So it's kind of, I feel like it's in there. But and picking up the clipper, it, it kind of that's what really kind of I found my talent pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but uh, getting back to your question, I'm not sure if I answered it correctly, but uh, I think that finding. Finding um, if you could even if you could even give me back that question again. Sure, I think <laughs> I lost. Do it you there. do you but, see a benefit having started off on your own, like learning uh, by, by doing things and experience? Did you find that being a challenge going into hair school and trying to get that knowledge in your head outside your hands, or uh, do you think that that's a benefit to start that way because of the experience that you had? That's a tricky one, only because of the fact that I feel that the barber school that I went to really didn't give me the fundamentals that I really needed, right. you know, and I, I feel like that I, I got that pretty much 
living and learning, you know, making the mistakes and learning from those mistakes. I feel like they just kind of, you know, the school that I went to is no longer in business anymore, but I feel that they were just trying to get me like to get that apprentice like license, that, right? yeah. basically, and get me out of there. You know, there wasn't really any, like, hey, listen, you need to learn this. So in the hair, in, like in the hairstylist space or the hairdresser space, like, you know, normally you go to school for a couple of years and then most people um, go to like into almost like not, not really an apprenticeship, but, you know, some kind of like assisting thing for a couple of years to kind of like really get is barbering yeah. the same way. Like do you get out of barber school and then and then well, what was your experience? Did you go right onto like the a floor someplace working on a barber? Or did you like uh, work under somebody? Or no, that's somebody? that's it. Uh, the first thing I did. Yeah, I got my uh, I graduated from the uh, barber school. It was called Atlas Barber School. Um, and I immediately started working at Joey's Barbershop. You know, Joey's Barbershop was a brand new barbershop. It was located in Staten Island, New York. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, you know, with every new business, it's pretty much a, that's a struggle there, yeah. you know, for walk-ins, you know, it's just a brand new establishment. And, uh, it was tough because the owner, all he did was criticize me. He didn't want to help me, uh, and show me what I was doing wrong. So, you know, I'm fresh out of school and this is a craft. It takes a long time to really become good at it. Yeah. You know, so it was it was really you know at one point i thought you know maybe this is not the career for me maybe i should do something else isn't it interesting like again on the podcast i think we've done like 130 episodes or something that is so common yeah right yeah. it's so common like like even like like the the biggest surprise was when when we uh, when we interviewed philip wolf and he was like i was this close to quitting you know and i'm like what <laughs> you you know like I, I just you never it's just amazing to me i guess that 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 our industries, you know. Are yeah, absolutely. I had a very similar experience. I mean, there was there was one point you where I just... You tap out? Yeah, I just kind of lost my love for it, and I just didn't seem like all the things I had thought that it would be in my head were really coming to fruition, how I saw things rolling out, or how I saw the industry even, mm-hmm. and just disappointment after disappointment. And I've seen a lot of really talented people that have gone on to great, great stuff in this industry that were taken out by being in the wrong situation uh, at the start. And that's what it sounds like Harry was. You're yeah. just in the wrong situation. At yep. the start that's there. really what How, it was. What happened then? Like, how did you move on from that? So, uh, man, so I said, you know, this guy is really, you know, uh, maybe this is just not the right place for me. You know, and I said, you, let me give another, you know, let me give it another shot somewhere else. And I found a barbershop that was, I mean, these, these, the level of, the caliber level was really good. Not only did they, you know, do good work, but they also were helpful. And they said, mm-hmm. look, you know, try this. You know, maybe you're using the wrong clipper use this one it's going to make your life a lot easier and those little tips and tricks mm. really helped you know raise the bar and accelerated me a lot faster as opposed to if i would have stood where i was mm-hmm. and uh stayed with that 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 uh owner you, know? you probably wouldn't be it right yeah so i mean uh, what to me what it sounds like here you, you found was like mentorship really yep. more and mentorship. I, i've always thought that that's one of the most valuable things you can find in this mm-hmm. industry but is there anybody in particular or is it a collective effort by that shop is there somebody that really took you aside and, and really inspired you to to grow in your art so there was one one barber in particular. He was very very fast. Uh, he would get you know the turnaround time. You know, so I always wanted to know. How, I struggled with time, and I always wanted to figure out how do you produce you know these good quality haircuts in this fast amount of time. And I always picked his brain. He was a good portrait artist, really good with designs, and he was the one more or less that I kind of like tried to pick his brain. And at the end of the day, I'd say, you know, uh, what are you doing um, with the side of the, you know, parietal ridge? Like, how do you go about blending that a little bit, you know, better than I, I do it? And he would kind of, he would mentor me, basically, like you're, you're saying. And uh, that really, those little, it, they're very small mm-hmm. little things, but they make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It's just those little aha moments. You're like, oh, okay. And it just makes a hell of a difference. It really does. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, you, were, were, um, you said that he was like a portrait artist and stuff. Were, were you into art before you got into the industry? You know what? I really, uh, I, I always loved optical illusions, like you mm-hmm. know, uh, sh- drawing shapes and coloring. I really was like super into that. And uh, you know, I really wasn't like a cartoon artist, but I loved that aspect of art it's funny that he said shapes right yeah, yeah. because that's exactly what a barber is yeah absolutely right yeah we're master of creating shape that's yeah. i mean that's essentially what you get is into. that why you shoot in black and white because it shows shape better yeah you know um, my style in particular the photography style that i do i'm i'm a slave to the shape of a haircut i, I i'm um, obsessed with silhouette and contour mm-hmm. and so for me um i i always shoot my stuff against really simple backgrounds the black and white allows for a very high contrast which really shows off the shape for me. Like shape right. is just something I'm, 
I'm a little bit obsessed with, and especially when I teach in my classes, um, it's you know shape and and the way we see a haircut is such an important thing. How does that type of education roll out for you? Do you find you focus more on those techniques, those tips and aha moments you learn from that mentor, or do you find that you focus more on your concept of the art because you have a little bit of both going on? Yeah, you know, and I also have photography as well. You nice. know, I've, I've dipped into, which I admire about you. You, you definitely, your content is is above average, absolutely. Oh, thank you. But it comes with also experience. But um, you know, I think that personally, I think that I like doing the classes, the one-on-one classes, the basic fundamental classes. I think those are a little bit. I get I get more out of giving those classes than I think the ones that are a little bit more advanced. Are there more ahas there? Is that what it is? You I think? think that's what it is. You know, mm-hmm. I, there's there's I, there's a problem where when, when sometimes when you start to come up and you start to build yourself as a barber or stylist, you build up bad habits, and those are sometimes the things that held me back. Those mm-hmm. bad habits, you know, uh, not holding the clipper properly, uh, bad body position. Um, the silhouette uh, not being, uh, you know, square or just not understanding face shape, uh, head structure, that kind of thing. Those are very important to me. Um, little, uh, you know, corner blending tricks, learning how to see scoop the motion of, uh, of cutting hair. Those are like basic, but if you don't have them in- implanted in your mind, they'll hold you back from becoming, uh, you know, a, 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 an how above. How do you teach that? Like, how do you, Barbara? Like, how do you teach, like, like, the visual part of it that seems like i mean even in hairdressing or in anything it's kind of the hardest thing to kind of grasp or to see like how do you teach it or is it just repetition is how it's taught well we have a barbarology babyless pro has a we have our barbarology programs that we that that we've put in place and it's a step-by-step you know we actually break everything down from head shape to proper you know um sanitary uh you know, using proper right. sanitary techniques as far as you know, protecting the client from getting any type of bacteria, fungus, that kind of stuff. Um, but we also there's a lot of technique in there as well. So you know, it depends. There's one on one, one on two, and then there's two on one. So there's three different types of classes, but they go. You know, it, it goes up in in, uh, in how advanced you are. Right, right, right. So. Sure. It's, it's kind of like teaching common sense you know, when you realize just how un- <laughs> uncommon common sense is, you know, right. and, and that, that can be a big thing because I think, um, you know, when, when we do start out and some of the things that we had to learn on our own, I mean, when, when we were coming up, there there was a bit of a dip in the education available to barbers. I feel Absolutely. like in the last five years, it's just gone through the yes. roof and, and never before has it been greater than that. And there's so many great people like yourself and like so many of the people that are going to be here this weekend who have made it their passion to share that. Um, is, is barbering something to you? that is is you know is, is there something about barbering to you that makes you passionate enough to spend your time teaching it because a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hours spent away doing these things and a lot of people don't really appreciate that and uh, is there is there something particular that drives you into this into this field you know so, you know I, I try to do a little soul searching which is you know something I think about I'm like you know I'm working really hard sometimes but you know I think when you love doing what you do it's not really as much work you know, it's more about, you know, it's doing what you love. And so there is passion. I'm definitely mm-hmm. passionate about this industry. I think more, more for me, it's more about advancing others and helping others not hang up those clippers. You know, I want to help others that are, trying, that are struggling right. overcome that and really say, you know what, now I have the confidence. You know, the, the techniques and the tricks he showed me, now I have the confidence to try to, you know, become a master barber you know what I mean yeah. so that's pretty cool that's man. Pretty, yeah that's, that's do you have like do you, is there someone like when you said that I kind of saw like you were you were soul searching and your eyes were kind of like I don't know dancing a little bit is there is there a particular person that you were thinking of because it looked like you were I mean I have uh, let me tell you my team in, in, as re, in regards to Babyless for Barbers has really helped advance me to another level when I joined that when that team was, was uh, united they helped put me on another another level so I'm, I'm a true believer in hanging with good quality people I believe that if you hang out with good quality people eventually you're going to become high quality as well and that's what happened to the second barbershop that I went to mm. they were producing good quality haircuts 
eventually I started producing high quality haircuts. Yeah. And that's really, you know, I think that's that's what it is. You hang around good quality people, eventually it rubs off. I, I believe that too. I think I you rise that. to the, the level of the people around you. You know what I mean? Every shop that I've seen, that's true. And, yeah. and, and the, the thing is you need to be part of a team that allows for you to be new Absolutely. sometimes. You know, because yeah. the first team that you were part of didn't allow that. They didn't allow that space for you to be new and grow into yourself. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they wanted you to be, you know, experienced and talented right out of the gate. Exactly. And as mentors now, you know that we're playing that role. Mm-hmm. You need to allow for that too. You need to encourage people and you need to encourage them to grow like that. I think that's awesome. No, it is great. And, you know, I, I work at, now I work at a, a hair salon. It's a unisex salon. But I'm also in charge of helping, you know, the, the stylists that are there mm-hmm. become very good at cutting men's hair or can, short hair. Can I ask you, how is that as a transition moving? Because I, I did the opposite. I moved from salons into barbershops. So okay. how are you finding the transition from growing up in a barbershop as a, as a barber into now working in a new sex environment? So, so here's the thing. So three years into, three years into becoming a barber, um, I had some cousins of mine that wanted, girl cousins, and they wanted me to cut their hair it was a little long for me and i had no idea (laughs) i wish i could cut your hair but you know it's going to be really difficult i got the c-scoop though yeah yeah yeah. i couldn't use the clipper to cut it so not only do i have a barbering background but i also went graduated from cosmetology school as well oh word yeah so i I took nine classes it took me a year and a half it was like i was going i was in jail man i tell you but i got it done so i understand up both worlds so i'm comfortable being in a salon environment but I like unisex. Uh, currently, I'm working at Annex Beauty and Beard. So we actually do women and we also do men. So it's a really nice atmosphere. And the girls that want to learn how to cut guys' hair or you know trim beards or shave, I'm there to help them, mentor them. And, and you know, I, it's so funny because we were talking about this before. The stylist, my neighbor, uh, right next to me, she decided she wasn't sure if she was going to be able to do men's hair. And she wrote me the message. She's like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm just going to stay doing guys, uh, women's hair. Mm-hmm. And I was able to coach her through it. And now you got to see this girl's Instagram. She's about to hit 10,000 followers and she, her quality is it? good. Yeah. What, well, well, you you can't do that, dude. What's her Instagram? Let's get some followers. Okay, yeah, that <laughs> that's J Lee Blades. J Lee Blades on Instagram, guys. So J L E E, J A Y J A Y. Okay, J A Y L E E Blades with a Z. All right, we're we're shouting you we're out, J Lee Blades. You, I know. You're welcome. We'll expect a check in the mail for that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, ho- hopefully we can push her over 10k. That yeah, would be rad, right? That'd that's be awesome, nice. Man. Yeah, she's right there. You got to be right so there. proud of that. Yeah, that's no, awesome. it really is an honor and pleasure. So. I'm very excited for her. Now, Instagram is an interesting thing because it's really changed the landscape in barbering, hasn't it? You know what I mean? It, it, like Things have shifted around in a pretty significant amount of time, and I notice you are quite good at using Instagram to your advantage to get uh, your message out, to get you know uh, a little bit of, of coverage of the work that you do. I, I mean, that's how I found out about you. i got to tell you, your beard work is incredible. Oh, thank you. Uh, but tell me a little bit about your relationship to Instagram. Like, How do you find it being good or bad in the world of barbering? Okay, you know, I, it's, it's, Instagram is definitely, it's another job. It really is. Oh. You know, it really is. Preach it. Can we get a witness? <laughs> but I love it. You know, it, it's, a, it's a way to really uh, spread my wings and become recognized as one of the best in the industry. And, you know, I, I still feel like I'm just a squirrel trying to get that nut. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's kind of up, like an uphill, uphill battle. Uh, to try to consistently produce content and really just, you know, be consistent. I think that's very, very, you know, it's challenging, but it's so powerful. It really is. And I've understood, you know, in the beginning, I was more about Facebook and I I stepped onto the scene a little late onto Instagram. And I feel like, you know, I should have stepped onto Instagram a little. Should have, could have, would have, right? Yeah. But you know what? It's never too late. And I'm taking it very, very serious. And, you know, just this weekend alone, I think I picked up about 7,000 followers on my way uh, when I was down in South America. So I'm still growing. I'm still growing. And I like to see the growth. I'm not with where the guy, you know, the guy I was with almost has a million followers. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to get up there. And I will get up there, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's really, really, Instagram is, whew, Instagram is is something else. Let me tell you. It makes me feel good. And sometimes it makes me feel bad, you know. <laughs> so There's no way around it. It's tricky. It. Nope. It's you tricky. Know? It's tricky. But you know, it's it's a way to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And it's if you, you got it, if you want to be recognized as one of the best, you have to take it serious. Mm-hmm. It really is. How do you see that next level playing out? What do you see uh, as that being? 
the next level, I see the next level <laughs> with having 100,000 followers. That's going to be the next level where I'll say, okay, this is, this is I made I've made it. it. I made it. Until I know? get to 150. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Over so, the finish line. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I, I've been investing some money into to, uh, to Instagram. I've been uh, advertising some, some of my work mm-hmm. and really just trying to broaden out my, you know, people that find me. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at producing uh, possibly viral videos now. I'm looking for different ways to really get out there because I really want to be recognized as one of the best in the industry. Um, so I'm taking it serious, definitely. I, I dig that. Um, we got to talk about branding, bro. You've definitely kind of created a character for yourself, right? Like, like you see, like, like we met um, at Cosmoprof in uh, Mid-Atlantic. We did Mid-Atlantic this year. Yeah, in Maryland. Like, yeah, Maryland, right. And like, there was no way to miss you, like with the great. I mean, kind of like this fella here, but oh, you know, kind of with the hat and and, and and the magician thing, and even the Harry Houdini. Dude, where'd that come up with? And like, walk us kind of through that journey. Wow. Okay. So, I knew I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to do something that kind of separated me from the rest, mm-hmm. and I understood that it took something that something a little different. Uh, the first thing I tried was designs of my beard, and I, I rocked that for about a year and a half, and it just really wasn't working to my advantage. So I figured, so you know, you, at that point, you kind of were like, "I need like a character." I sense. need a character. Yeah, I need yeah. something to be different. You know, differentiate mm-hmm. myself. And um, you know, I, I was thinking of a name that was very sticky, something that people once you told them once, they already knew. And Houdini uh, was something that stuck. You know. Uh, because one day, one of my stylists, uh, I was doing a haircut, and I was doing uh, fading uh, the lines of, uh, of, of uh, someone's hair. And she tells me, she's like, the way you faded those lines was like magic, you know? Like, like, and I, it just clicked to me. I was like, wow, like Houdini, you know? Harry Houdini, mm-hmm. sticky, kind of like that. And so I ran with it. I was like, you know what? Let's, let's, uh, let's try this top hat. Uh, there was Orlando premiere, I think, about three or four years ago. We did a little skit where we all dressed up like Abe Lincoln. We put these top, these really tall top hats on, and um, that was with Babyliss. This was with Babyliss, uh-huh. and I, you know, I kind of liked it then, but I didn't stick with it. And then, you know, coming uh, thinking about this whole thing with uh, you know Magic and Houdini, I was like, let me give this a shot. So I bought my first top hat, and I dressed up, you know, real classic look with the tie and black and white, and. I was like, wow, this is a really good look. And I tried it out for the first time, and I decided to let my beard grow a little longer instead of doing the designs, and I got really good uh, like reviews. Like People were like, oh, my God, you look so great. you know. And I got a lot of, um, I guess, a lot of compliments from my team. So I was like, oh, my God, if my team likes this, let me just keep this going. Mm-hmm. And um, here we are now. You know, I, got, <laughs> I got colored top hats now. So. Yeah, I, I got to ask you about these hats because, I mean, I, I just even if you take a quick scroll through, you can see just a, at least a dozen different hats that you have. And it, they're amazing. Like, all of them are amazing. I didn't even know what you were going to walk in here with today because I was like, I was <laughs> just looking through. I'm like, which, one, which one's he going to wear? Which one's he going to wear? And uh, honestly, man, these are cool. Tell me about your hats. Like, do you do you search out these hats? I mean, is this a, is this a thing for you now? That the, Are you that invested? You have, like, such a, a large market of hats. Or sorry, a large kind of catalog of hats to pick from. Yeah, I, believe it or not, I had to buy like a, a I think it was a 20-foot-long uh, rack to put them all on. You know, so I have a quiet an array. It all Dude, depends. you have to post wow. that. Yeah, you, you know, have I to post the that. rack, I, man. I should, I should post that, you know, alongside of the other hats that I have. Mm-hmm. I have so many others as well. But, I, I, you know, the, the top hat, I think, for me, is the one that's really, like, became sticky. Mm-hmm. I tried the, uh, the derbies. I didn't really, you know, I tried those type of hats. It just didn't really work for the Houdini, you know, branding. And so that's one of the reasons why. These hats right here, these are Italian-made hats. I found these. These are uh, Italian-made. These are Ferrucci's. These are, uh, they're a little expensive, but they're, you know, they've lasted me quite, a, quite, a, quite many years. I've had this one for about two years. Uh, and they're just, you know, you know uh, Robert Cromine? Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Very well. Robert Cromies. He, you know, one time, I, uh, many years ago, I asked him about his hat. I was like, man, you know, I love your hats. You know, and I did, a, a, I did some research on his hats. His hats are like $1,500 a piece, okay? <laughs> so, you know, I, I said, you know what? I don't mind investing into my brand. There are cheap ones that you can buy for 25 bucks, 50 bucks. You know, I don't mind investing $300, $400 into a, you know, well-made quality hat. It just sets you apart from the rest. And right. that's what I'm big about. You know, I've learned that. Running along the same path, you know, the path of others, you just kind of get overseen sometimes. And 
like you said, you, when you see me, it's like you can't miss me. So that's what really what I want. And and uh, this is one of the many colors I have. I have about six different colors. Uh, the the ones that I usually go to the shows with are black and white mm-hmm. or black. Um, but today I said, you know, I'm not working for my company. Let me come in the blue one. Mm. You know, I love. I really do love these hats. I, I, yeah, yeah. I have mad respect for you, man. Yeah, yeah that's appreciate it because it's like, not only is it like you know, yes, you're gonna decide to like brand yourself, but then it's like it's the balls to step aside too, right? Yeah, like how oh much? yeah, it, ta- it takes. It it definitely takes. Yeah, there's confidence to step out in a hat like that. Yes, you know? yeah, it's confidence. It really does. But you but know, just even step out into a brand like that, yeah. right? Like like this is gonna that's be. Right. This is the character that I am, and this is who I'm gonna be. Yeah. And like you know, love me or, or hate me. You know, I love that man. I yeah, no, it's l- cool. Legitimately respect. It's cool, you. and I see people, other people. You know, there's other people in the industry that have picking, you know, taking the hat and they're rocking it. But it's something that they'll do once in a while. They don't always do. When I come out, it's always with these hats. <laughs> You'll never see me anymore with just a regular ball cap, unless I'm like, you know, at a, you know, at a baseball game or something like that. But when I'm at a hair you're show, Harry Houdini, then. doing a hair class, you, you're gonna see these definitely. Yeah. That's something I identify with. It's funny. I was actually uh, this hat that I'm wearing right now. I got by accident. Because, and it's become the hat I wear all the time. I, I was on my way to a show. I left the house late for the flight. I was racing to the airport, and I get out of my car. I'm like, where's my hat? Where's my hat? Where's my hat? And I realize, I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't bring a hat. And so I'm like, okay, that's cool. I can do one class without a hat. That's fine. I can do one. You know, I can do one thing. Uh, by the time I had landed in Salt Lake City, I had already researched hat stores. And I drove right from that. <laughs> you see what happens? Right from the airport to the hat store to buy this one at like an old tax shop. And I've been wearing it ever since. I, I feel you on that one. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's even a struggle for me when I go to other countries. I'm carrying around these top hats. Yeah. People like, you carry these around all over? I'm like, yeah. yeah. You know, so it, it's, it's you an got, extra like, old-fashioned like, hat boxes and stuff? You know what? Uh, I, I do have hat boxes. Uh, I don't really keep them in the hat boxes anymore because it's just like a it's a pain but uh i just roll with them i really do they're high quality enough that they're robust enough that they don't get messed up you know if you get the cheap ones from like party city yeah obviously they're getting all dented up and stuff like that but these they're very they're very robust so you've obviously learned a lot about building a brand for yourself uh, you know the hard way much like the way you learn barbering right you learn by trial and error yes yes. now i i don't know about you but i i think there comes a turning point where you become a recognizable person like yourself where people start coming up and asking you advice like Absolutely. how do I build a how do I do how do I become you how do I get to do what you're yeah. doing and my answer is always don't don't try and become me become the first you don't become the next mm-hmm. me and I think that for yourself like that's exactly what you've done you've carved out a thing for yourself what advice do you give to people when they're coming up asking you about how do I build a brand for myself yeah um that's funny because uh, going back to the neighbor, Jay Lee Blades, <laughs> you know, she's trying to she's trying to build something for herself. So the blades part of it is now that she, you know, when she takes photos, she has her blades, uh, real badass kind of style. She's all tatted up. You know, she's got her she's, she has her look. Uh, what I would tell what I usually tell her is, you know, find something that makes you a little bit different than the rest. Uh, instead of using just a, a small little blade, why not pull out a, like a monster, you know what I mean? Right. A, a two-foot blade, you know? A machete, you know? <laughs> Something like that to really just kind of push you to the next, you know, it just it, it just makes you a little different. And uh, what I would tell others, try to find something that you feel of, that works best for you. You know, don't try to be somebody else. You know, don't try to mimic me. Find something that you really enjoy. Uh, uh, maybe... I don't know. I want to give a, 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 maybe you enjoy whatever that is, whatever it is. You know, I just, just find whatever it is that you can see yourself playing, you know, as a role pretty much Mm -hmm. and run with it, you know, see how, see how people react to it. The thing for me is that nobody really was making fun of me. Fun of me. It was just people compliment me. I just before I even got here. Oh man, cool top hat, dude! I'm like, hey, thanks. I'm already used to it. You know, right. it's a classic style that kind of looks good. I put a little twist on it. Uh, the thing for me um, is that I'm always trying to figure out another way to push the envelope. So I really haven't been pushing much of the magic part of it, but this year is going to be a lot more of the magic. Oh, stuff. you're working on your hands. Yeah, working with hands, working with card tricks, working with different things. You know, to incorporate the hair with magic. So that's going to be the next one. Hey, Maddie and I had a conversation last night, and like, you know, uh, this is an entertainment business. 
It you is, know? it is. And, and now I see more of the, you know, it, yes, we cut hair, but we're also entertainers, you know, and that's what it is behind the chair. You have to entertain your clients. And I think a lot of my clients have been with me as long as they're with me because I entertain. I keep them feeling good. I make them laugh. And so just, you know, why not promote more of that entertainment part of it? A lot of the viral videos, entertainment. Right. You know, and that's what people like on Instagram as well. Now I, I'm starting to notice the trends, entertainment. People want to be entertained. I, I think even in person, I think as soon as you get to a show, there's a very different thing between somebody that's a technically excellent haircutter and somebody that's a good presenter. No, you're right. You know, and I think that one of the things I, I always think about is um, how are they going to feel when they leave? How are you going to make these people feel about right. what they're watching? Not just not just how are they going to remember these things that you're saying, but how are they going to feel about it? And I think that's a really important thing, tying in what you can to, to entertain people. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think there's always going to be a level of edutainment. 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 I like that one. That's, that's good. I like that a lot. So, hey, just to back you up a little bit. So, how what was your um, what was your trip to uh, finding Babyliss, or, or how did you end up being an artist for them? Okay. So I've always been a big, big advocate for always learning more and more. I never stop. I'm never that complacent type of stylist that feels like I've learned it all. I, I'm always, I, I love being in a mix. I love being around, you know, I feel like you guys are my, like my, my extended family. I love people in the hair industry. So I, I like being around those shows. You know, I like coming to shows like this. And I wind up uh, bumping into a guy named Dennis Joseph. I, I'm sure you, you know Dennis Joseph. And... Uh, I watched him on stage. I watched his presentation, and I'm like, wow, man, I'd really love to be that guy. And uh, the end of his presentation, I introduced myself. I said, man, you did a great job presenting. You know, I love that tool that you're using. And we became friends, and we became friends for about two years. Every time I would go to uh, hair shows or whenever he was in my area, I would go visit, the, you know, visit his classes. And he was the only educator for Babyless Pro at the time. He was the only barbering educator. There were a few other hairstyles, but he was the only one. And I one day asked him, I said, hey, listen, you know, I'd love to be, you know, I'd love to do what you do. What can I do to become a part of right. you know, this, this, this uh, company? And he explained that they were going to be doing a, a training uh, shortly and that, you know, I should put my, you know, send in my resume. Like a training basically. for educators. Yeah. And I, I did it. I did it. Um, I was the, there was two of, there was myself and I out of like 20 people that made it. And from there, I just, I'm currently the only one that made it out of that whole squad. So <laughs> out of those two, he fell, he fell off. And I'm still the only one that's, you know, that's made it from that little squad. So here I am. And then they, they also, so I was part of a, a styling and barbering team. Uh-huh. And then they, pretty much cut it in half so now there's a barber team and a styling team that's so dope yeah like like uh again maddie and i were talking earlier dude like babyless in the last five years man they have just like they've kind of they've just like exploded i mean i guess in the best way you know unbelievable like, say, like they, they, it's it's been that company that's kind of been around forever like even i like i have a valer blow dryer and i've had like five of them because i Gonna love those blow dryers, you yeah, know what already, I mean? Yeah. But but even before I bought that, I was like, man, am I gonna buy a Babyliss product? Like that was my feeling about it. And then I bought it, and I love it. By the way, obviously I bought no, a bunch awesome. of them. And now like now with the Clipper game and everything, man, it's just what's happened and like yeah. they're just like because I mean entering into the barber market was a was a real departure for them. Because I mean I remember Babyliss from my hairdressing days and seeing not just getting into barbering, but but being a serious professional contender against some really big companies and to come out the, uh, swinging with some pretty heavy heavyweight kids i mean really it's it's been incredible to watch you guys and what you're doing i have just an unending amount of respect for the people on that team and what they've done with that company um how have you played a role in that like what what's um have you do you think that you've seen that big transition happen a hundred percent a hundred percent you know i i i definitely owe a lot of that to dennis joseph he you know him stepping into the to the actual into the tool category you know, he's kind of stepped away from being the educator and kind of zeroed in on, on tools. Uh, I think bringing him into that side of the in, uh, that side of the, I guess, the company has really helped excel us. Uh, Jay Majors also have put a, put a great team together. Uh, he helped excel us, and I think the whole com- camaraderie, as far as the the team in itself, we're all passionate about what we do, but we're also passionate about the tools, and you know. Uh, Giving us the prototypes to test out and, and give feedback has helped so much. Really excel this this you know Babyliss to another level. Mm-hmm. You know I think we, we this is just not this is just the beginning. Right now I, I I've heard we're the number one in the Clipper category, 
and we're how only is that gonna, possible. How was wow. that possible? You know, wow. like, that's crazy. Yeah, we're I'm just not doubting you. By the way, I'm just yeah. like, no, it's, how is that? How it's is possible that, because like, how they take over. Like if you said so five years ago, I wouldn't have believed that, but I'd right. believe it now. Yeah. yeah, we've done it. and We've done it very, very fast. You know, uh, it's possible because uh, for a couple of different reasons. One is that our technology, our technology is brand new. You know, a lot of these companies have been producing the same quality, uh, same technology in their clippers and they haven't changed you know they haven't changed in 30 40 years maybe even 50 years um and so we've come up with new technology and we've also collaborated with ferrari so ferrari puts our motors in our clippers so they're very 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 fast very powerful but they're also very lightweight and they last forever i mean we i've never had a clipper ever a motor ever die on me and uh, you know, I think people are starting to recognize that you know you can produce higher quality haircuts in a faster amount of time, more efficiently, and it just you know makes your life easier. So you know, I think that's what's starting to happen. People are starting to recognize the difference between old technology and new technology. Now, can we go back to showmanship for just a second? Because I'm I'm a little fascinated by that. Because I mean, you have it. You have the showmanship to it, and so you've obviously transitioned from just being somebody that works in a shop behind a chair, mentoring in a small, on a small capacity, to being on stage. And now you're starting to travel around and be on stage in a number of locations. How is that transition for you? Like, how do you find that transitioning from behind a chair to on a stage in front of a bunch of people? So I think naturally, naturally inside of me, I'm a very outgoing person. I'm not an introvert. I'm a very outgoing. I love to be around people. I love people. I love to entertain. I'm naturally an entertainer. You know, I love to make people laugh. Um, it's just who I am. You know, I'm just that's who I am. So it's not that hard for me. I think in the beginning it was a struggle because I was I struggled through the nerves. You know, even sometimes when I get on stage, I'm still a little nervous. But I always believe that, you know, if you know what you're doing, there's no need to be nervous, you know. And I, I try to think of it that way, and it always helps me. But uh, the transition, the transition, I don't think, as an entertainer, naturally, it, it really wasn't much of, of a transition. I feel like I want to be out there. I want to entertain. I want to help people. And it just comes out naturally. I think, it, you know, that's that's... Do you have one show that really stands out to you at the moment? Did you ever have that moment on stage where you're like, oh, man, I'm here. Like, I'm doing this. My last show in Brazil, that was uh, just, I think, a week ago. Uh, 750 people, you know, yeah, sold out show. I looked out, and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people here. I have to do a presentation in front of all these people. Not only did I have to do a presentation, but I had to do it with a translator. And so that's something that's you know, I've never done before, and I'm like, so did you do that one in English or Spanish? I did that one. I spoke in English. You know, I spoke in English. That and can be very hard. That can be hard when you're when you're when you're funny because jokes don't jokes translate. Don't that translate. That <laughs> Could that be it? Yeah, I I, I just said you know what I'm going to do the best I can. You know, um, I am a bilingual speaker, so that's another thing that also helps me, and that's one of the reasons why they've sent me out to South America. Uh, but yeah it was that's one show that definitely stuck out to me it turned out to be a huge huge success they i mean they want me to come back next year wow uh, Congratulations. so yeah i was really really right. happy about that and, and shout out to the people down in brazil from barber week <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool yeah man, man. so it's, it's been a, quite a journey i feel like i'm just beginning you know so there's many more you know it's, it's many more shows to go is there one in particular you have your sights on like you're just if you're at the beginning now where do you feel like where are you heading what's next what's next well, I know what's next, but I don't know what it's going to be like. You know, these, these shows out in South America are so different than here in the United States. How, 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 how? It's just the, the type of people. Like, it's just a different breed of people. They're all kind, all loving. But I feel like when you put me into a different element with people that are culturally different, mm -hmm. it's a whole nother world. Uh, you know, I think my site that I, I see that I would love to go, you know, uh, take part in is maybe somewhere in... Somewhere in Spain, you know, I think that Madrid, would be here. I come, yeah, right? that'd be someone that would be uh, a so place I'd love to go to. World domination, then, yeah, something like that, you know. And Travel. it's something that I can possibly make my way to because I can use my my bilingual skills and speak, you know, speak to them in Spanish. Who knows, you know? But you know, the, the quality of of barbers in Brazil, you have to know, guys, are very very good. Bro, I see them all the time. Yeah, man. they're very on, on very the Instagrams. Good, you yeah, know, it's exceptional work you know? that they do. And I think about it, you know, before I'm stage, I'm like, man, I see the level of work these people are doing. What am I going to teach these people? <laughs> you know, so I, I I thought about that show and I said, you know what, this one's going to be more inspiration on how to really 
just not stay, you know, at one level. Try how to try to raise the bar and do what you do. And this, I'm going to show you different techniques on how you know you should do things to elevate yourselves. Right. And I kind of use that as more of the show, you know. So I, it, it turned out to be good. At the end of the show, I wound up waving the the Brazilian flag. They went, all went crazy. Oh. It, was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. So. Playing to the crowd. Yeah, we call Playing to, play the, to the, crowd. the crowd. crowd. Yeah. Playing to the crowd. So Matt, I want to go back a little bit. Like um, like Harry said that like he has a mantra. Like when he like he talks himself, talks himself up on stage, right? Yeah. Like if he gets those nerves, and we all get them, you know. Like he has a mantra. Do you have a mantra that you use, or man, I or get you nervous. just don't get nervous anymore? I do. I get nervous every time. I think people think because I do this, I've been doing this a really long time now, and I've I've done it on. In, I think the biggest crowd I've been in front of is about thirty five hundred people, and that. Nice. I mean, it's impossible to not be nervous. You know what I mean? I get the I don't get butterflies. I get these elephants, and I know you know I've talked to Rob about this too because he get he makes himself sick. You know, just he's just he's so right. gets uh, incredible stage fright, and and I mean I'd be lying if I said I didn't have that a bit. So there's this thing that I started doing uh, on my very first show that I ever did, which was in Chicago at the ABS, and I was backstage waiting to go out, and they were playing this music. Everybody, welcome out, Maddie Conrad, and it's just like, and I'm in the back, and I'm like doing the worst white man dancing you've ever seen in your life, like my, worse than my dad, like comically bad <laughs> dancing. And my model, who was about to come out, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I don't know, but it's helping." <laughs> and she's don't do that in don't do that in public ever again. She oh says, and then I cut her hair off. There you go. <laughs> That's what she gets, yeah. There you go. C scoop, C scoop, C scoop. Yeah, yeah C scoop came out that day. But yeah, it's, it, it's, so you still do your white boy uh, dance? You know, yeah. When the nerves come in, I just I try and do something that breaks the tension and, and makes either somebody close to me laugh by being mm-hmm. a clown. Or, and I think that's where a lot of my, my personality on stage comes from is, is um, I, I, def, I deflect a lot of nerves with humor. You know, I, I, I find that as soon as I get some people laughing or with me, then I, I feel like they're on my side a little bit. I feel like right. they're cheering for me instead of against me, you know. And I think you're right. Different crowds and different cultures, man, they, they can be really uh, strange to adjust to. And in Japan, uh, when we went out there for, in Tokyo, it's considered rude to make any noise. Uh, or, or anything when you're sitting watching somebody. So here I am telling jokes through a translator, and it's crickets out in the crowd. <laughs> you're just like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this next hour. Oh my God. <laughs> I'd, I'd have been in my head the whole time. <laughs> yeah. you know? That's it a is. tricky one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but, I mean, but, but wait a second. Nobody warned you before that? Well, uh, no. <laughs> I think they wanted to see how I was going to do. Learn the hard way there. Oh, yeah. man. You do that, though. But, I mean, Brazil, I've, I've always wanted to go to Brazil. It looks like a lot of fun. It looked like you guys had a great time. Yeah, no, that definitely. I had a, an opportunity to work with uh, Josh LaMonica. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a great guy. Uh, kind of, he was he was just a really super duper guy. Um, real soft spoken, right? But like his techniques are just amazing. You know, he was just a real cool dude to hang out with. Um, I was traveling with Rob the Original, uh, an amazing portrait Ooh, artist. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, he's uh, a good friend. We traveled before that. We were in Peru, so we we flew from Peru to Brazil. So we were together for a while, and I got to pick his brain on how to you know work his social media and how he you know he operates. So. You know, it's it's. I cannot stress enough. Like being around these these people, whether it's one little tip. I mean, it really helps elevate you. I mean, I mean, you talk about like being different, like Rob the original, which mm. is a great name for him, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, Rob he is one of a kind for sure. Like, like even like the horse stuff he's been doing, and like I mean, everything that he does is just. Man, he, he made a Versace logo I, I on the know. back of a horse's ass. It, unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I got to tell you, I'm watching that video, oh, and I'm like, man. how long did that take? And like, is there any fear that that horse is going to kick him in the face? That's so <laughs> funny. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they sedate him. I don't know. I don't think so. Though. I don't think they mind it. It's like a massage to them, I think. Yeah, maybe. But it's creative, and it's different. Oh. You know, it's something that other people are not doing. And the fact that he can get paid from it is even crazier. So, you know, they're actually, they just, re- they just flew him out to do that uh he's i think he's currently there in california right now mm-hmm. yeah so i mean it's it's just different he knows how to differentiate himself as well because he says there's a lot of people doing even on my own team that are st- doing the same thing that everybody else is doing the key is to kind of differentiate yourself and do something that's still in the lane but that sets you apart and so you know just but that's really, it's just a difficult nuance, right? It's it to is. to kind of find what that is. It is. Um, because you can go overboard, too, and then you lose, you lose everything. Yeah. I you think know? staying in your own lane is the thing. Carving out your own path, you know what I mean? Because the, the difficulty of being in someone else's lane is you're always comparing yourself to them. You're always mm-hmm. comparing yourself to someone who set out and did it before you. And 
and you're never going to live up to that. You know, in your own lane, there's no one to compare yourself to except for who you were yesterday. Mm. You know, and I think that's very important. And I think that when you step out into creating a brand like you have for yourself, and you've created a thing where your goal is to be different, then who else can you compare yourself to? Right, you know absolutely. I mean? And that's why I like the way you said before. You know, what I'm saying, try to be me. Try to find yourself. You know what I mean? Try to find your own character. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really the key because you do find a lot of people that are trying to be like others, and at the end of the day, it never works. You know, so just falls flat. Like, yeah, and, and sometimes even people lose respect for you. You know, you're like, wait, you're trying to be Hawk the Barber, doing the same science as Hawk the Barber. It's like, come right. on, you know, come so, on, you know, so, come on now. It's, it's tricky. It's definitely tricky. It's becoming a tough marketplace too because I see guys, you know, like Bruzel obviously carved out. Uh, Robin Lane, they, you know, Scorm, they, cre- they created a, a really uh, obvious situation for themselves that a lot of people have emulated, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of big names in our industry right. now that you write are falling victim to that as there becomes more and more barbers, you know what I mean? Now, we're seeing a resurgence in barbering again, which I think is awesome, you know, because when I started, barbering wasn't very cool, and, uh, and, and now it's become incredibly cool, and there's so many personalities inside of it that you can kind of attach to or relate to, which I think is really cool. I want to like with all of the with all of the opportunities for travel now and education now that barbering's growing so big. How do you balance out staying with your clientele? How do you balance taking out that and being on the road and taking care of all that's those a great things? Great question. Yeah, you know that's that's another challenge. I'm lucky enough to have very loyal clients who will wait for me now. I mean, mm-hmm. I think what happened what in the past is since, you know, my, my clients are very educated and somebody spoke to me, um, a client was talking to another client yesterday about me and he was saying that, you know, he, he, he does a haircut so good that, you know, I know that when I go somewhere else, it's not as good. Like they're very well educated. They know what's not good, what's good. And so by now they're willing to wait. If it's two weeks, I'm gone. They're going to wait, you know? And if, you know, if they do decide to go and, and get a, you know, a service, it's usually just a shape up the back of the neck and they'll wait. Mm-hmm. You know, I have very, very, a very loyal clientele that, you know, I've raised, I've been raising their prices and they still stick with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's how you know they're loyal. Yeah. That's you know, it, right? you're going to lose, you, you're going to lose some, but the really loyal ones are going to stay. And, and, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a really good clientele. Uh, that's very, I mean, I have no worries about them ever leaving, you know, unless I start screwing up and start right. taking off for a month. I could see that, you know, right. but um, I'm still very loyal to them. I got off the plane at six in the morning. I was at the, at the salon at nine in the morning and I worked from nine to nine. With, I was beat up, man. But you know what? <laughs> yeah, that's a rough day. I do it for Is the that you from Brazil? Yeah. I'm sorry? Where were you flying in I from? I flew, uh, yeah, it was a nine-hour flight Ooh. from Brazil, yeah. Wow. So I'm very dedicated to my clients, and they know that. They know I, I'll go the extra mile. I'll stay a little extra late, you know, just to accommodate them because, you know, I do believe in, you know, my clients. I know what, you, uh, we've had this conversation with Presley before. I think we did it online, let me think, uh, on air. Um, but what she does that, that I think is really cool, she does a monthly um, newsletter because she, she recognized two things. Is one is that... You know, she always has to tell her clients, not tell her, but, but, you know, remind them that, hey, I'm here for you. You know, this is all for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but they also like to live in her travel schedule. Mm-hmm. They kind of dig that, you know, mm-hmm. and then they want to know um, questions and stuff like that. So she does a monthly uh, newsletter, which I just thought is, is, is a kind of a cool way. It's almost marketing, but not quite. That's actually why I started Instagram in the first place. I mean, I, I, Instagram, when I started, was still a new thing, and, I, and nobody really knew what it was. It was kind of like a digital picture book. It, and and it right. only, you can only post pictures you took in the app, and it wasn't a marketing thing at that point. I started it because I I just wanted to keep people up to date on what was going on in my life when I was getting a chance to go out and do all this stuff when my clients were starting to feel like, well, how come he's not ever taking my appointments? They're like, oh, look where he is. You know, or, or my he's family who I never see. Yeah, he's in, he's in Brazil. Brazil. But it's it became, uh, I think it escalated and became a different thing now. But when I first started that, that's really the whole motivation was just to share what was going on in my life uh, with the with the people that were back home. You know, and and trying to stay connected to them as I was more and more away from them. Do you think that's a challenge for you, like staying connected to your your family and your friends? I mean, trying to trying to balance out everything. You know, it's it's hard to not let those things suffer. How do you how do you deal with that? You know, it's 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 yeah. Uh, Again, I'm gonna say it. These are challenging things to be able to balance life and work is just 
really, really tricky. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things are going to suffer, you know. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to have someone at home who really supports me and she understands, you know, when I'm out there that I'm doing what I love and I'm doing, you know, I'm doing what I do because I want to help others. And um, I have a son also that understands, you know, that I'm trying to help, you know, better others. So he, he gets the message. Um, sometimes do I speak with him when I'm away every day? No, you know, so it's, it's, it gets a little tricky. But I try to do the best I can. And when I'm, you know, when I'm, when I'm with him, when I'm with her, I'm trying to, you know, spend good quality time. Mm-hmm. You know, do I sometimes, you know, do an Instagram post at the dinner table? Yes, but you know mm-hmm. what? They understand what I'm doing. They know, they know I'm an entrepreneur. They know I'm trying to excel. And these are people that kind of, they know what I'm trying to do, you know, so that instead of getting upset with me, they uh, they understand. So it's tricky. We um we uh, uh, again um like our third podcast. We actually we 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 spoke to Miss America, and I was kind of we were talking about her Miss America, Miss America. Yeah, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we were talking to her about her year, you know, her throne year or whatever. I don't know what the and hell. Th- they this call is it. The, the last. No, no, no. This is from 2011. She was actually the youngest Miss America of all wow. time. Teresa Scanlon. Definitely look her up, and okay. she's she's amazing. She's a really really sweet person. Interesting. But she she said on the podcast, you know, she had so much to do, and that her family always got the worst side of her. In that year, you know, and like, and, and as we've gotten busier and as we, and as we've, uh, we've grown, you know, I certainly, those words are in my head all the time, you know, like you try to, I, I, same, you know, I, I try to fight it, I try to fight it and try to be like, again, when you're there in the room, make sure that you're there in the room, but I fail at that way more than I succeed at that. And it's definitely a struggle and it's definitely like in my future, it's something that, 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 that I'm hoping to get better at. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. I think my, my, my girlfriend is a saint of a, of a human being to put up with my schedule and all that, that is going on. You know, I, I, I just couldn't do this without her support. You know what I mean? Having, having supportive family at home is everything, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I think that's a really important part because it is a giving job that we do. You know, it, I think a lot of people look at education when they say, hey, I want to do this. They think, oh, well, you're a rock star. You're out with, you know, this whole celebrity type life. But it's not that at all, is it? I mean, it really is a servant job. We're giving our time. We're sacrificing time with our families. We're spending so much of our lives giving to others. Like you were saying, uh, you know, something that can hopefully lift them up and hopefully prop up the rest of the industry, too. We want this thing to be long, uh, longstanding. We want there to be pride and dignity in the industry well beyond us. Absolutely. You know, so, so I, I applaud you for that, my man. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. And, you know, it's really important. Again, I got to say it. You know, the people that you're around really makes a difference. Uh, because you know, if you hang around negative people that don't promote you, that constantly criticizing you, it's gonna it's gonna take a toll. It gets heavy, man. So I definitely owe a lot of my success to you know the, my family. My family definitely, you know, definitely. That's awesome. Hey, so um, as we're getting wrapped up, where like where where can people find you? And um, I mean, give out your Instagram and stuff like that. Well, and then you know what's coming up. What's coming up in the next year? Okay, so uh, currently right now, I just signed a lease on a studio. So I'm gonna be opening up a small studio. Uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna call it magic barber uh, we'll see i haven't i haven't it's not set in stone but i did sign the lease so i'll be starting that small studio that's going to be the next venture uh currently right now i'm renting a chair and um so that's going to be something that you, you're going to see i'm going to be able to produce a lot of content because i'll have a studio in the actual studio like a photography studio, ph- photography studio as well as Word. producing video as well uh, so that's going to help excel me because i'm all about growing mm-hmm. uh, I will be going to Bolivia uh, next month. That's going to be interesting for wow. me. Yeah. Wow. So that, that uh, I have another another trip planned for Brazil, uh, all with uh, Babeless Babeless Pro. You should take Maddie with you. Yeah, <laughs> you know I haven't been to Brazil, so I could hide in one of those hats. I yeah. bet you. <laughs> You'd be surprised. The searches they do over there. They look roomy. <laughs> we could make some magic happen if it's possible. Um, yeah. I'm going to pull Maddie out of the hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> David Copperfield level. That would be, be something else. You, know? um, you, could definitely, uh, uh, you could definitely expect more magic from me this year. Uh, there's going to be a lot more magic. Uh, my Instagram will be growing a lot more this year. What, what's your Instagram handle so people can find you? My Instagram is Houdini Style, and you know I, I thought of this name Houdini Style because it incorporates styling with you know with the magic. 
Uh, but it's tricky because a lot of people don't know how to spell it. Some people think it's spelled with a W, some, it, but it's spelled with an H. It's H-O-U-D-I-N-I-S-T-Y-L-E. And that's Houdini style on Instagram. I'm the hair magician. Um, I show people how to, you know, uh, uh, magically make the lines disappear. So that's, you know, that's like, <laughs> I like that. I dig that a lot. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to see a lot more. I mean, those are going to be the main uh, things I'm going to be focusing on. So it'll be education, the new studio, producing content, and magic. You know, I think that's going to be something that you'll see me up on another level, uh, producing a lot more viral videos. Love it. And uh, you'll see me at the hair shows. I'll still keep coming to hair shows, still keep supporting, you know, others and... Um, and that's pretty much it, you know. If I could, if I could ever help you guys, especially you or, or you, you know, I, I'm, oh, I'm a giver. Especially me, Corey. Especially, yeah. especially me. I love the styling line. I love the styling line. I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that a lot, Mr. Harry Houdini. Yes, this has been rad, dude. I, yeah, I really like the conversation, and, and, and I thought we got a lot of good information out of there. That's cool. Thank you very much for joining. Well, thank us you. Thank on you your very day much. off. Yes, this is my day off. It's never really a day off, but no. you know, here we are at this podcast. It's my day off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find... Actually, you can. You can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>